0: Good morning. <laughs> great to be with everybody today. Uh, don't worry, Barry will be back next Sunday. So please, please don't uh, don't worry about that. He'll be back next Sunday, join some good R&R vacation away. Grateful to be with you today. So many visitors today. The singing was great. Uh, God is so good. Um, I'd like for us, before we get to our study this morning briefly, to uh, have a word of prayer. Let's pray together. Father, we... Uh, Just stand in awe of you. Your magnificent grace, your example, your sacrifice of love, your definition of love, the roadmap of how we are to live our lives on this earth. We are so grateful. We are so grateful for the hope of heaven to spend our eternity with you. We're just grateful. Bless us as we open our eyes. As we open our hearts to your word this morning, may it motivate us, may it change us to be more like Jesus. Let's pray, pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm conscious today, as all of us are, this is the last uh, day of the year. Uh, it's a time of reflection. You might be reflecting today of this past year, some things that, uh, of sorrow Uh, maybe some things of happiness. Uh, Maybe you look back and wish that you had done X, Y, Z. I set a goal last January 10th to lose 30 pounds. It didn't work well, but I set the goal and I aimed for it, but I need to work better on that. So we reflect on the past year. What's 2023? It's life. Life happened, didn't it, for all of us. And then you look to the future and, uh, you know, you look at you know, tomorrow's the beginning of a brand new year, it's a new beginnings, and maybe we think in our hearts and minds, you know, well, I want to do better as a parent, I hope we say that as God's people. I want to do better in a business, I have a business plan, I want to do better, spend more time, be intentional about spending more time with, with my family. Uh, someone told me the other day that really, really hit my heart that the most precious thing we have is our time, we don't get it back. So maybe this coming year you think, I want to be intentional. So whatever goals you, you might have for this year, uh, I think it's a good thing. But as, And I I've, I've searched my heart for the past few months for pray for this brief lesson. And I said, Chad, well, what goal do you have? What, 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 what goal do you have as one of the shepherds here in leading God's people closer to, to God? What, what, what one, if I could narrow it down to one thing, <laughs> what would it be, what would the thing be, what would it be that I want to achieve, strive for, spend my time and energy achieving? And at the end of the day, I came down to developing the heart of our Father. All of us today need to strive to be more like God. We need to have the heart of God. And so I want to uh, dissect our text this morning. And I think uh, 1 Samuel 16 is a great way to look into the heart of God. It shows us exactly, I think, what God's heart is about. So let's look at a little history of the story here. We know in 1 Samuel uh, 16 that God had left the heart of, of Saul uh, the people wanted a king because they didn't have the faith and trust in God as they should have. And so, you know, God had left Saul, and he told Samuel to go and appoint from the house of Jesse uh, the future king to him. And I, I, I look in my heart to try to picture this thing. So here comes Samuel, comes to the people, comes to the house of Jesse. And, and uh, you can look in verse... Um, uh, verse 3, and invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me him whom I declare. So that's the mission. We're going to anoint a new king. We're going to a new person that would lead the people with God and to God. But then in verse 6, you know, here Jesse starts to bring in all of these kids in front of him. And Elam thought, uh, when they came, he, he looked on Elam, one of his brothers, David's brothers. He said, surely, surely the, noise, the Lord's anointed him. Boy, he looks like a king. Boy, he's strong. Boy, he must be mighty in stature. I'm just paraphrasing what I'm thinking here, some thoughts. I mean, he looked like a king. What's a king look like? He looks like a king. But the Lord said, no, don't look on his appearance, verse 7, on the height of his statue, because I rejected him. And this is one of the most wonderful passages, I think, in the Bible to help us see the heart of God. Don't look on his appearance or the height of his statue, because I've rejected him, for the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And he prayed to another son and another son, and another son. He said, "Don't you have any other sons? Is there anybody anybody left? Well, there's a the youngest one. there's a young one, but he's with a sheep. <laughs> Why God wouldn't choose a uh, uh, a young boy that's watching sheep, would he? That doesn't seem logical. It doesn't seem right for us to. For God to point a mighty king over Israel that's that's a shepherd. And he he also says in verse 12, he's also, he was very ruddy. R-U-D-D-Y. I studied that word for two months for this lesson, ruddy. It means small. Some people would say puny looking. Not very very weak looking. But he had beautiful eyes and he was handsome. (laughs) The Bible says. And so God says that's the one. But when God says... You know, when, when, when God says, you know, that man, man looks at things different than the way I look at things, man looks at success this way, I look at success this way. This is happiness, the world says. God said, no, this is happiness. And happiness is, and I challenge all of us to remind us all today, is having the heart of God, having the character, the integrity, the mindset of God. That's what will transform our lives. That's the answer to all of our issues and sorrows and problems in this life. It gives us hope, et cetera, et cetera, we could go on. So instead of looking at the negatives of the diseases of the heart, there's a lot of diseases. Satan wants to attack our heart. He wants us to look at the way the world looks at things, not the way God looks at things. So success is something that attacks the heart. It's puffed up. It's false. It's pretend. People say, I'm successful. Well, do you have a relationship with God? <laughs> well, I have this. I have a house. I have Are you successful? I remember my father-in-law one time, we was walking downtown, and he seen a gentleman that, uh, that had left the, the faith, uh, loved this world more than anything else. I said, now there's a good man. And my father-in-law looked to me and said, Chad, what's he good for? I thought, oh! <gasps> You don't say that about people. He just told me. But when I thought about it more and more and more over the years, he's right, What what is his life for? What's it about at the end of the day, if we don't have a relationship or have the heart or the character of God? I'm grateful that God looks differently at people differently and me differently than the world does. I'm grateful. So today I want to focus just on four things briefly that will help us cultivate that heart or that character um, of God. I want, I want us to reflect on the positive things. So the, one of the, the first things, and we see this through the life of David, if you looked at his life, you can't, you've got to be humble. <laughs> you've got to have humility if you ever want to have or be the heart of God. David... Was a great success. I mean, he wrote. I mean, the Bible says in 1 Samuel 18:14, uh, and God blessed Daniel. I uh, David continued to be successful in all of activities because the Lord was with him. I mean, the, facing Goliath, facing the armies of the Philistines. I mean, the, the writing most of the books, of, Book of Psalms. I mean, both people would say that David. You know, he's a pretty good successful king. But his success did not go to his head. He understood that success was not the things of this world or the armies that he would conquer or the land he would conquer. The success is his relationship with God. The most important thing is our relationship with God. We must be humble. We can't be arrogant. The antidote is humility. I I found a quote I want to read to you this morning. It says, humility is not lowliness or to be humiliated or to be abased. One does not have to be a doormat of humankind to be humble. Humility is simply recognizing the grace and the mercy of God. When it comes to success and accomplishment, humility recognizes where these things come from. (laughs) It comes from God. Humility. We must be humble. We must understand that all of us are, are weak, and we fail, and we sin, and we're human. There's nobody in this room better than somebody else. That's the attitude that the Pharisees had, that Jesus condemned more than anything else because of their arrogance, because they ate with sinners, and, and uh, the woman called adultery. Remember, that they're going to throw stones at her. You know, let him without sin cast the first stone. We could go through all the examples of the life of Jesus. Humility humility we must be humble we must be humble that's my goal to be more humble we must be trusting in the savior number 2 if you look at any of the writings of david his life was put in the hand, he put his life in the hands of god was he perfect no did God still describe him after a man, after his own heart? Can you imagine the compliment? Here's, a, here's, you know, here's Adam alone, a man after God's own heart. There's no greater compliment. There's no greater epitaph. There's no greater <laughs> compliment that anybody could give anyone, a man after God's own heart. So we've got to be trusting in God. We trust in so many things of this world. We trust in all the, the things that Satan throws at us. But at the end of the day, we've got to trust in God and and be faithful and and have our faith and trust and hope in Him that His Word is true, that His Word is alive, that it's active, that uh, the truth is still here and prevalent. Third, we'll never have the character of God unless we repent of our sins. I love the Bible for many reasons. One reason in particular, it doesn't cover up anyone's sins or faults. (laughs) I love the story of David. We're talking about briefly this morning. He had a sin with Bathsheba. He paid consequences the rest of his life for it. But still, still, God said he has my heart. He's repentant. He wanted to be like God. He wanted to serve God. He learned from the mistakes that he made in his past. How terrible I've heard this past few weeks, a few people, we're we're not here, but we're we're judging people for the mistakes they made 10 years ago. Where's grace? Where's grace? Don't you need grace? Don't I need grace? Don't I need forgiveness? Don't I need a second chance? Don't I need the cross of Jesus as much as you do? We we need to stay out of the judging business of people's lives. Now, when people are wrong, the Bible is clear with sin, we know that. But there's a right way and a wrong way to approach people with humility, with love, with the attitude of restoration and getting one back in a relationship with God, not shooting them with a gun. <laughs> but we've got to be repentant. At the low point in David's life, he was involved with adultery, we, murder of her husband. David was a great sinner, but he also was a great repenter. Let's don't lose that point today. In Psalm 2 Samuel 12, 13, he says, I have sinned against the Lord. In Psalms 51, he opens and pours out his heart of how he's hurt God and disappointed God. I look back this past year, I haven't been the disciple I should be. I could do better. I need to get into the word more. I need to enhance my prayer life. I need to enhance my relationships, as Adam mentioned in class today. Be intentional working on that. I need to be intentional, not fearful, and be more bold when I speak to someone that I don't know about Jesus because it might be the last chance I'll have to talk to them about Jesus. and Their salvation, which is the most important thing in the world, as we know. We've got to be repentant. A lot of things we can look in the past. (laughs) Some people live in the past. I was talking to someone this week. They're living in the past. They can't move forward. They can't look on. They're stuck in the mistake that they made 30 years ago. God renews. God forgives. God forgets. God's grace is real. So I had a lot of goals this past year. Some goals I I achieved, as you. Some I haven't. I'm looking forward. I'm optimistic personally in my personal life to grow closer to God. I pray that you are too. As a church, I wanted us to be closer, to be more like-minded, to have the mind and the spirit and the heart of God. That means be more forgiving. That means be more loving. That means be more patient with each other, that means to be more intentional about serving and caring for and looking at the needs of each other in the body here, whether it be a small text or a kind word or somebody over for dessert or a meal. Maybe it's talking to someone that's been sick that been, hasn't been out of the house in a, in a few weeks. I, I have a list in my mind I could go on for hours here today of thinking of other people. That's what Jesus did. So that's what I want to be. I want to be more of the heart of God. I want the heart of God. I want the compassion of God, the forgiveness of God. I want that. That's my resolution. Not just today, not just the beginning of a new year, but I challenge all of us that we have that in our hearts every single day to be what God wants us to be. I'm grateful God doesn't look at us the way other people do. (laughs) I'm grateful that God could look beyond a rudder, ready little boy and see the potential I'm grateful that we can see the potential in each other of what somebody can be, not what they are. I'm grateful God's seen that in me (laughs) and put people in my life that because of the faith I have today because of a grandmother and a mother and many people in my life. I'm grateful. So let's be more grateful. This year let's have more of the heart of God, the character of God, the integrity of God. That's what we need to strive for, to challenge each other for and that's just what I want to challenge us today. That's that's the resolution, that will solve all the resolutions that we have in our lives. I'm grateful for God. I'm grateful for you. Let's close in a word of prayer this morning. Father, we uh, we sometimes stumble with words to truly reflect our hearts. And I pray, Father, today for everyone that's here today that we will have a deep, deep resolution in our minds and hearts that we would have more of your character, more of your spirit within us. Help us, Father, challenge us to read your word more, to pray more, to open up our eyes for opportunities to serve and to love and to show each other and to show this world that God is alive. We know, Father, that there's so much sin in this world, there's so much evil, and Satan is surely reigning. But we know, we know that you're in control. We know, Father, that we have the victory in Jesus. Help us to live like that. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If we can help you, encourage you, if you you can start a new beginning today, if you're not a Christian, there's no better decision you could ever make in your life more important decision. If you're here and you haven't been connected or involved or used your talents and abilities in the kingdom as you know you should, it's a new day. It's the first day of the week. You're here with people that love, that forgive, that show grace because we've been extended grace. So if we can help you in any way, we want to do that today. Let's stand and sing our song of invitation this morning.